0: This is the story of a girl who got a river and drowned the whole world. There's our theme song right
1: there. Who sings that?
0: Like I don't know, like Bare Naked Ladies or something. It was in that season of Bare Naked Ladies season.
1: <laughs> if you told someone who didn't know about 90s music that Bare Naked Ladies was a band, they would not believe you.
0: I know. I, I, that took me like five years to realize that they were saying Bare Naked Ladies.
1: What did you? What on I, earth I just did you was, think they I, were?
0: I, I just thought it was that. I don't know. I just thought, oh, it's just that band. That's a really, really great band. I mean, it's Bare Ladies was the title. Surprise my parents even let me listen to it.
1: Welcome everyone Welcome. to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. Podcast.
0: And that song is so fitting. This is the story of a girl who cried the river down the whole world. It's fitting for this podcast.
1: Where we talk about infertility and... Fear. Your feelings.
0: Feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, today we're talking about fear, so I thought that was my throw to talk about fear.
1: Infertility obviously causes a ton of emotions. And one of the primary emotions that it causes for most people is fear. Mm -hmm. And we're going to jump back into our story a little bit. And talk about that moment where we first kind of brought into our own reality, like we started to process what we were going through and it looked like very bleak, right? Very bleak. So we had to bring into uh, our heads like, okay, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. And I think for both of us, there was a lot of fear, mm-hmm. a lot of fear. So we're going to break down fear a and little what's, bit.
0: What's hard is our deepest, scariest fear came true. The right. deepest fear was that we couldn't have our own children and that came true. So right. how did we survive that? <laughs> I don't know, I was kidding.
1: No one knows. <laughs> no well, one knows. let's talk about it. Jesse, yep. take us back okay. to gosh, what was it like 2013? It was 2012. 2012. We went
0: to, did the thing. We'd been married for five years. Yep. And we did the thing of like, oh, let's get off birth control and have babies.
1: We literally, we said, let's go to New York yeah. and get pregnant. That was our... Which is
0: so funny because we like, <laughs> we're in the city the whole entire day and we're exhausted at night. Like that was hilarious to go to that city let's and go start walk. having babies.
1: Let's go walk 13 yeah. <laughs> miles and then go have kids. That's... Yeah. I mean, Maybe like,
0: not New York City. Go to like Costa Rica, like some <laughs> beach where it's just like you're rested.
1: But I mean, it's like a, it's like a fantasy, right? So it's let's just, you know, have some fun, you know, as Mm -hmm. newlyweds and then let's
0: newlyweds. We were five years married. I'm just
1: saying like, you know, you know, let's start, uh, and then let's start having kids and we'll have a bunch of kids and then we'll do that, that portion of our life. Mm -hmm. And once we realize there was problems, uh, kind of, yeah, the greatest fear is like, well, what if everything that we had hoped Mm -hmm. for in life really ends up not being true? Mm -hmm. Uh, So take us back. What was it like that?
0: Yes, so we, you want me to tell the story of what happened? Yeah,
1: tell the the story and then tell us uh, about uh, the fear.
0: Yeah, so we started trying for a year. I had a feeling that something was wrong always. I had in the back of my mind that
1: something was wrong. Wait, I'm sorry. Why do people, uh, so many people say that. I think it's true that people feel that. I know. But there's so many, I've heard of so many stories of people saying, I just knew something was wrong. I
0: have no idea. It was just a feeling in this like (laughs) upper area of my chest right here. Maybe that some would, call it the your heart, heart, the heart <laughs> <laughs> is I just, I just had this sinking feeling. And I think probably a lot of women think that, you know, and don't have any issues, but yeah, mm. I just think, I don't know why, if we just live in a failure society where it's like, yeah, it's going to be me. I don't know. Anyway,
1: sorry for interrupting. I, just no. think, I think it's interesting that that comes up. Yeah.
0: Cause you didn't think that.
1: I never thought about it at all. Right. I never thought about infertility at all. Right. But so I, I didn't have a know. name for it. I yeah. didn't have
0: infertility as a name for it. I just thought, this is something I'm going to struggle with. I just know it. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: I don't okay. know why. Keep going. Because my mom had no problem having kids, so I literally don't know why I felt that way. I don't know. Um, uh, and so we went and we tried uh, for a year, went to the doctor. Um, I got very much like the doctor response of like, you know, just relax, it'll happen. You know, it's only been 12 times because in a year you only can try 12 times or whatever. So right. then we got you checked. Um, and that was really hard. It was an up and down journey of that. And then we went to an infertility doctor and you had issues. You have right. low, uh, sperm mobility. And then I have low ovarian reserve, um, which was really, really hard. I remember doing the ultrasound and I remember looking at his face and he was like, huh? And you never want the doctor or like a hairdresser to be like, huh?
1: Right. You know the, what I mean? Like, yeah. huh? The disappointment. In a professional's eyes, it's never good.
0: Yeah. Or when they don't say anything, you're like, this is not good. (laughs) You know what I mean? He told me I had a beautiful uterus though. Beautiful uterus. (laughs) Eggs, crap. Uterus, great. So um, so we went, I remember going to his office and him telling us, and then him being like, there's probably, you're going to have a 1% chance of having bio kids on our own. And so it was kind of like, that was so bleak. And we were like, okay, we're not going to have children of our own. But I feel like he in, in a good way, kind of, it's like gave us hope though that there's hope as in IUI and IVF. Right. Even though IUI was not he didn't he said we should just do it once to see, but it yeah. was didn't have high possibilities with that either. Right. So we did one IUI and one IVF and they both failed. At the end of our IVF, um, we only had one egg at the end of it, which was really, really difficult. Gosh. Yeah. You know. You remember that?
1: Yeah. I mean it's And that was just a hard horrible.
0: season. Yeah. Too so um, It felt
1: like maybe it was a, a financial thing for us, but it yeah. felt like this was our chance yeah. and to get to hear that some people end up with anything more than one was like, yeah. Oh great, well maybe we'll we'll do this portion a couple of times. Right. But to find out it was only one, it just was yeah. that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And
0: you were not with me when I was getting my egg. I know. When I so I went into I'm the sorry. office. It's okay. It was your job at the time, which you're not doing that job anymore. Jeez. Um, But yeah, you had to be there because it was like two times a year you had to be there on that day for your job. And so I went with my best friend thinking that I had five A's. That was gonna be like a
1: celebration, like, let's go. Yeah,
0: And so I took my best friend and my mother-in-law was waiting for me in the, uh, my mom was on a trip and my mother-in-law was waiting for me in the waiting room. It's a great support team. I love that I had that. Um, And I remember going in and the whole entire, like, you wait, like, five days to see your eggs or whatever. And, yeah. and it was the fifth day. And thinking I was going to have five eggs, thinks we were going to put in two eggs. And then it was just one. And, oh, my gosh. Wow. That was, I was shocked. Like, yeah. shocked. Yeah. And then it was weird because you didn't know. Right. And I'm like, you're just as involved in this as I am. You're 100% in it like I am. Right. And so that felt weird. That felt so weird to be, so. but I was so glad I had my best friend there to yeah. she was able to help me and I was so glad that she knew everything and right. I was open. So, um, but that was just weird having like three to four hours. Cause I didn't want to call you when you were at your job and then have you like suck at your job. Were you Were
1: you able to at that moment, like comprehend that? No. Like, so like, did you, were you starting to think going back to the fear, was it's like, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna work. Oh my gosh, we're not gonna have kids. Oh you know, like did you go or was it just shock pure survival mode. Just survival shock. Pure yeah. survival mode. That, and that makes
0: and sense. I remember feeling all the feelings, but then having to be like, Okay, but there's still hope. You know what I mean? Because we still have one. Like I remember yeah. looking at it and it was like all my eggs were on this piece of paper and like the ones that were not good were like almost like not as good quality image either. It felt like they were like dark. I was like, what? And then there was this one shiny That's egg. Bizarre. I know. Maybe
1: that might have been in it. It was in my no. mind.
0: It was like, oh, this is okay. It is not good. Um, and then I had that one. And um, yeah, I think... It was weird. It was like so devastating, but then also I felt like I had to be hopeful. Yeah. But then I just didn't like that you didn't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like that yeah. I had to be the one. So me had to go home after you were done with your job and tell you that we only had one egg. What's, that just know, sucked.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny? It makes me think of COVID because so many people are going to their appointments yes. by themselves. Yes, in, I feel you now. I get yeah, it. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like having to experience that or and, and fill in your partner. Yeah, you know, by calling them or something. Yeah. It's, it's a weird time. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember I wanted my best friend to stay with me. Not that I was like afraid of your reaction, but I'm the one that told you and that yeah. just feels weird.
1: That feels weird. Yeah. So uh, when did the, f- when did the fear kick in? Uh, was it after that? Like after we had gotten home, the transfer? Yeah. My happened? doctor recommended
0: that I stay on bed rest for two days, which some don't, but I remember thinking having like, moments of that of just like it's such a brain game it's such like a i have hope i'm scared to death i have hope i'm scared to death you know what i mean so i had a lot of fear in that in that time i had a lot of fear that it wasn't gonna work
1: and what were you i mean i i I know what i was afraid of but what were you afraid of like what was the this is our shot yeah
0: we didn't have a ton of money and we had done everything humanly possible that we could Whatever the doctor said, we did. Acupuncture, we did. And our diagnosis together wasn't even great for IVF. So it was like, okay, you know what I mean? I think that, and I just didn't want to do it again. I was just like, I, it's not that I, it was, yeah, it was just a lot, it was just a lot. And I really, I really, truly felt like because we didn't have a lot of money and because um, it was just such a bleak thing that I just was like, this is our one shot and that we only got one egg I'm like, right. are we gonna do this again and just get one egg again? It's like that. Remember, just seems... they said that they said we yeah. could
1: do this again, but I. He said I would, you know, I would assume that you or, would get the yeah, same results. Yeah, the, the, results. the offices, the, the the whole clinic's kind of attitude was I wouldn't expect m- anything much different than this.
0: Yeah, that's not to say that someone else that has a little ovarian yeah. reserve and have those things won't get different. It's and it just doesn't to
1: say it doesn't mean we shouldn't have. Yeah. N- done it or not done it. It just, it j- I just even remember that being fearful. You know,
0: yeah. I remember sitting in the office for your like come back and see if you want to do it again appointment. And he was like, well, you got very bleak. You'll probably get the same amount, but you should totally do it again. And I was like,
1: what? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
0: Even though he was great and whatever. But, um, so So my biggest fear
1: being true. So take us like being true to the name of our podcast. What does it feel like to have to process that much fear about your future? About whether you're going to have kids or not. Mm -hmm. And, Like, what does that feel like? You know, how do you do that as a person?
0: I, I don't know if it was then that I did it well, if you would say, I think I was like in survival mode. And I think that because we had such a bleak diagnosis, it was easier in some ways to turn to adoption. So it's almost like my focus changed. It's almost like you're in infer- when you're struggling with infertility and you're going through all this stuff, you're so hyper-focused. And it's like almost like my focus turned into hyper-focused of adoption mm. or whatever. Okay. And then it was when the adoption journey was like, oh, I'm trying to solve all my problems. I'm trying to save yeah. all my baby problems yes. and all of that over here with this. And that even was after we took in our son, you know, at 18 months. So- yeah. I think this is
1: exactly hyper-focused and I think that's exactly what many people do. And it's what I did. It's what I think a lot of all of us do is we have this fear that what we started out to do Mm -hmm. isn't working. We wanted to have kids, not it's not working. So out of that fear creates like this hyper-focus like you Mm -hmm. said, or, you know, anxiety maybe is another word for it. And we try to alleviate our fear by having that fear not come into reality you know yeah, yeah it's like so if we get kids this thing that we're afraid of will not will not be you yeah. know
0: and it's was weird as i almost felt relieved i almost felt relieved
1: was it like okay that road is closed yes, now yes. We can, well okay. kind
0: of i wasn't ready to close it completely i was ready to close it for that season because yeah. you were like let's get out of here let's adopt right. some babies <laughs> and just stop doing this yeah so but then that almost like made me it's guilty. that easy yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. But it's like, it was almost like for me, I was almost a little bit relieved to be like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And that even felt guilty. Like, do I not want it enough?
1: What did that do for the fear? Did that make it feel like, okay, the, the incredibly risky world for us of IVF, we don't have to worry about that anymore.
0: Yeah. Wait, what do you mean?
1: Like when you, when it comes to walking away and starting to pursue some of the other options like adoption, foster care, was it easier to do that because it was like IVF was scary?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I was scared to do it again. I was yeah. completely scared to do it again. Yeah. But it was almost like I didn't necessarily deal with the trauma that I had just gone through. I just was like, okay, I was hyper-focused then,
1: yeah. and
0: then I'm going to turn over here. And I did not realize how off my head I was until I stopped taking the IVF medicine mm-hmm. and all that. Like I in the moment... I can look, I, in the in the time I can look back and be like, oh, we were running late and I treated my that as in like we were right. losing all our house. <laughs> like that was the reaction that I had. Right. You know what I mean? But I didn't necessarily feel that. I think because you are, you're so hyper-focused in that it was like once IVF, we were like decided that we were gonna move on to adoption. It was like, I almost felt a sense of like relief. And then yeah. I felt like, oh, I feel my old self again. Oh, yeah. I'm coming back. I didn't realize how much I was feeling and dealing with in that you know what I mean? Yeah. But then my hyper focus kind of changed to adoption, and I kind of put that on right. adoption. Even though I said I didn't, I was like, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm, just trying, to, I'm trying to not solve all my problems with adoption. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh yes, you are. And that
1: everyone reads one Instagram post about not solving your infertility with adoption, they're like, Totally, I'm not. Totally, sorry. that's not. <laughs> me. And we can say that because we did that.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. I did that. Yeah, it's hard. And it was my it's, it's, not,
1: it's hard. It's not easy. No, and, and you think you 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 can intellectually get it. But to really get it, right—that's another right.
0: And it was my therapist. It was my therapist after we adopted our son, um, and he was wonderful and great. But I remember thinking, like even in the first couple months of having him, I remember thinking, "Wow, I feel the same. Yeah. I still feel a longing, right? I still feel like a desire." And it's like that's weird. Right. I feel like that would have checked that box for me of mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you got a kid." Like, and I also felt like, "Oh, this is this is deep." But I also felt like <laughs> not deep whatever, but it's like deep in myself <laughs> yeah. of like, I remember thinking how much I still lost my temper with him. I was short. I wanted sleep. And you would think someone like us and someone like me who struggled with infertility for a long time, had such a bleak diagnosis, was excited to adopt and had nothing to do with him being adopted. Um, it, <clears throat> that I was shocked that I wasn't every day Cinderella, open the curtains and the mice come and I'm just this like <laughs> fluttering being never, that's just never like, never
1: stressed out. I'm just
0: never stressed yeah. and you are a perfect child and you know, like that was something that was really hard for me. That was um, that was really mind blowing to me in the months that we first got him of like yeah. how much I was still struggling. Right. When I thought it would just be like, check that box. You got right. a kid. All those feelings are gone. Right. And I remember that that, and then I remember thinking, Oh no. I have to go back and feel all those feelings that I was trying to run away from. Ooh, I didn't want to do that.
1: (laughs) Okay. It makes me think about this. And I think this is where our idea of a trauma informed approach Mm -hmm. to infertility comes in is that fear in a lot of ways is a good emotion. Yeah. Think about, yeah. Think about if you're hiking in the woods and you and your friends stumble upon a bear, you know, you're like, ah, that's terrifying. There's This big old bear. We want to, you know, take the appropriate measures to protect ourselves. Maybe you move to another trail, you go the other way, you ring a little bell, whatever you do, because it's scary to see a bear in the woods, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that what happens if that bear then gets in your car with you and comes home with you and now lives with you and is in every moment of your life, the fear doesn't go away. And I think that's what happens. That's good.
0: Wait, 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 wait.
1: (laughs) I think that's what happens with infertility is this great fear that we have that I'm not going to have kids and I'm not going to have this future that I want. We can't, we don't get away from it. There's mm-hmm. no like, okay, I, the fear caused me to do something. Um, and then I did that thing and now the fear is gone. Mm-hmm. It's this ongoing fear that doesn't go away. And like you just said, uh, that's exactly how I felt. I felt this fear of my, I'm not going to have this family that I wanted to have, but That fear was there. It was always there. But when I left IVF, I just thought, "Well, I'll solve the fear of that by adopting, or or, you know, doing whatever it was." Mm -hmm. I thought I could solve that fear. I could make the fear go away by just solving the problem. And I and then the the real issue is that we needed to do something actually with that the the emotion of fear that was coming up because all of the situational things we did it wasn't going away Mm -hmm. and now we just lived in this anxious for me it was an anxious fearful high stress environment Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. you know when I'm sitting at home watching a show it's like Mm -hmm. I felt that same I felt the same fear. As when I was, when we were doing the transfer, you know, Mm. which is like, that's, you don't want to live. That's hard to live like that. I didn't, I didn't want to live like that.
0: Right. (sighs) That's like PTSD.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could lead to PTSD. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But I think that's, um something that we don't want to talk about because, mm-hmm. it's again, I think the point of this podcast yeah. is to talk about our feelings right. and talk about what it feels like to go through infertility. And I think what it feels like to go through infertility is to live with fear.
0: Right, right. And I think w- when it all came crumbling down and I think we both, or for me, I realized that, oh, I got some work to do. Oh, I got some work to do is when we wanted to adopt our second one. Yeah. And for me, it had to be an infant yeah. had to be no other option because we, we adopted our son at 18 months which was totally great and i loved yeah. it and he was so cute and awesome and great and our community loved him so well and we, he fit right in he was yeah. so great he's so great but i remember thinking like okay i'll do the 18 month thing but next time it's going to be an infant
1: and you, yeah go
0: and that was fear yes yeah. complete and utter fear if I never have an infant and I'm pretty darn good with infants too. Like I love infants. I love all types of babies. Two year olds are my favorite, but it's like, but it's like, I I really felt like I was good with babies. And, and so that was kind of in my mind too. Like, of course, like why wouldn't I want, an infant you know what I mean and this is not everyone's path everyone's path is different you can want to adopt after IVF an infant and that's totally fine but for me Mm -hmm. but for me I remember I was really trying to solve my fear I was so afraid that I would never have an infant and that's when I realized and kind of my world came crashing down when we had two infant adoption failed fails and in those adoptions I'm like what's the worst that could happen And they changed their mind to to parent their own child.
1: Right. Which is a good decision.
0: Which is a good decision. But those were so devastating for me. And it took our second loss to be like, oh, I have this suitcase with me that I've carried through this whole journey. And it's a fear suitcase of like with IVF and, and all that and our infertility journey that I was trying to solve with this. And that's when I really started to be like, oh my gosh, I need to get my butt into therapy and really grieve this. But it took... It right. took some time because I feel I think I was still in survival mode, and I think that's when we finally went okay, like we got to release some of this stuff. Yeah. You know and I mean?
1: do you think that's the that's the fear, like you said, that was in the suitcase? Was I'm not going to have an infant, like specifically? If I
0: didn't have an infant, that was the final nail in the coffin that I'm never going to have my own biological child, even right. though it wasn't that my was own biological the, child. Yeah.
1: It was feel like that was the main focal point of the fear of of that.
0: Yes was fear. I didn't get to have an infant on my own. So I'm going to, it's like everything that I had lost with infertility, I had slowly been like, okay, I'm going to let that go. Okay. I'm not going to have a birth story. Okay. I'm not going to breastfeed. Okay. All these things. I'm never going to go to a shower for myself pregnant. Like that's something for a girl. I'm never going to have this surprise of like, I'm pregnant. So everything I kind of was like, okay. But then I looked at adoption of like, what can I make happen here that I didn't get here? Yes. You know Mm. what
1: I mean. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> you, saying, uh, a mic dropping over here. Uh, do you think that, like, for for me too? I think there's there's one thing, you know. There's a general fear, right? Of like, ah, eh, we're struggling to grow our family. This isn't easy, and there's like mm-hmm. all this fear that comes up. But there's one thing. There's one thing. That it's like, that's the one I can't let go of. Exactly. That's the one thing I'm actually really afraid of. Yes. I think for you as an infant, for me, it was a timing thing. For me, it mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have my first kid when I'm 37 or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: You don't want to be old dad. I wanted,
1: uh, yeah. Which is so, so funny. so weird. You're not I'm not old. 37 is not that old, right? But I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> even want to say that it's weird. It was just my thing. It was like, mm-hmm. I okay, this isn't working, but what can we do as quick as possible to figure this out and turn it around so that we can get some kids in the house really quick? Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, a time thing for me. And
0: what's sad is, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but we made a lot of bad decisions that way.
1: So many bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so much money and that's this podcast for another time, but it's like, we made so many bad decisions. I think because of your desperateness to be like, I don't want to be an old dad. I don't, I want, and and your desperateness to solve my infant thing. Yes. I think too, is you own that as the leader of like kind of adoption and dealing with birth moms and dealing with facilitators and dealing with all that. It's like you kind of took on the role and then your anxiety and your fear and your stress Kind of led us down a path of bad decisions. I love you, by the way. Yes. I'm not holding that against but I,
1: you. I, <laughs> no, <laughs> please hold it against me, because it was a combination of my desire to solve this problem quickly, yeah. and your desire for the 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 solution to the problem to be an infant, yeah. Because I held that so. Tight. It was a it was a, a deadly mix yeah. for us. And at the at the root of it was our inability to grieve. There's the word. The fear of those two things. Infant, an infant for you and timing for me and we, I remember we, the day yeah we had like there's this moment where like grief grief is is a is a pain but it heals other pains yeah I right know. it's a difficult thing mm-hmm. but it's this it's the solution sometimes to other difficult things mm-hmm. and it was like uh, like our our unwillingness to really go into the grieving process about these two things that we were holding on to mm-hmm. and about the fear behind it.
0: I know. I remember the day. I remember the day. Tell and, but us about uh, but the I day. remember. But I remember. Do you remember me telling you this all the time? Like I'm totally fine with letting these things go, but I just want this oh, one yeah, thing. Oh uh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Because also when when you are told that you can't have your own biological children, for me, I had a really hard time not ever being able to maybe name my child. So I thought if I had an infant, yeah. I could name my own child, right. and that was really important to me too. I remember the day sitting in therapy and it was just like a revolving ball. Like why does it, and and I remember I'm always talking about the infant thing and you know, not being open to anything else. And my therapist was like, why does it have to be an infant? And I knew what she was doing in her mind. She's like, because this is what you put everything on, you know, but she's like, just asked me that. And I just went, it's like, you know that scene in Bugs Life Everyone's seen Bugs Life, where yes. he's like, where, zooms where, in she, on his head, where he yeah. zooms in, where the the bugs tell him they, they're actually circus animals, and it's like they zoom <laughs> in. And it's like it's like that was me in the therapist's office by myself, like oh my gosh, because I'm trying to solve my infertility, and that's right. exactly what I said. I said, because and I said I'm not ready to let that go. Right. And she's like, and and I remember she said that's a lot to put on a kid.
1: Yeah, it's a lot to put on an infant.
0: It's a lot to put on an infant. Like, don't you think they're a little small <laughs> to? carry that load and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh you're right and that started my journey of true and utter grief it took it and the grief didn't look pretty and there was days that i was really really sad and there was days that were really really hard and i had to be a mom at the same time you know because we had a we had a child and so those were some really 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 dark days but i feel like I really stepped into it. Like I remember making a choice to be like, I have to grieve and I have to tell my people in my life what's going on. So they're not like, Jesse, why aren't you like coming outside? Or like, why are you crying all the time? You know, because, and it's like, I had to tell them, be like, this is really, and they knew along the way, a lot of them. But just being honest of like, you know, the question of how you're doing good. It's like, no, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing good. Right. I'm not doing, I'm not doing, I'm not doing okay. You know, and really just leaning into that. What was your moment?
1: I think it was a. It took a long time. I think mm-hmm. it took a long time to get there. Um, but I, I think the moment is. I used to do this crazy math all the time of like, well, if we have kids here, well, then I'll be this mm-hmm. age, and that when I'm this, you know. And I and it was all because of that fear that this is going to take forever. Um, I, it it was a like a, a, a just a conscious moment. I don't know if I had a moment, but it was like this conscious turning towards the problem and saying it is what it is, I cannot Mm -hmm. force you know know what it is. I know what it probably is is when we ran out of money. (laughs) I know that sounds funny, yeah, but it's true. It was like there is nothing more we can do, yeah, yeah. I cannot force this issue anymore,
0: right? That's true. I remember that
1: you run out of all of your options. We for us, it was like a huge part of that was running out of the finances to finance adoptions. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what do we do? Okay. We have to face this. We mm-hmm. have to turn and deal with the issue. And then even for me, that's when I started to deal with the grief. I started mm-hmm. to go back and grieve that our growing, our family didn't turn out the way I wanted to t- turn out. Um It took longer than I wanted to. I'm older than I thought I was going to be. And that's okay. And mm-hmm. I just, just the grieving process of that was incredibly important for me.
0: And what's interesting is there was a lot of trauma, with adoption, which right. we can't necessarily fully go into. That's a time for another a podcast for another time. Yeah. But so, but the only way we were able to even deal with the trauma of our adoptions was to learn how to deal with our traumas of infertility and realize that the traumas that we were happening with our adoptions were triggers from men. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I feel like, cause we had a lot of, trauma with adoption as well. Like yeah. We thought we would like escape that. It's like, right. Oh, that'll be easy. Right. It's like going to the store and getting <laughs> a bag of chips. It's like, which one do you want? Doritos or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, no. It's insane. And
0: yeah. that was, that was really, yeah. that was really hard. But I think we had to like go back and do that to be able to heal from all that. And I, we still right. have triggers. Totally. I still have triggers. It's not like I'm, I feel like I'm, Yeah, you know, I feel like we've done a lot of grief, grieving, but.
1: Okay. Recap. Infertility causes a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. fear is a huge feeling that it brings up for you i'm i'm f- hearing and feeling like throughout this conversation that what it feels like to feel that fear is to it's it's like an, an anxious thing but for us it felt more like grief Yes. That's what the the fear... I think I was afraid of grieving. Yeah, the fear turned into grief. Really, that's what it... For us.
0: Because grief is surrender. So I had to surrender the idea that I wasn't going to be able to have kids. And I didn't want to do that. So a big thing that was helpful for me and my therapist helped me see was to name my child. And I was like, well, name my child that I couldn't have, my yeah. own biological child. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I've had a name since I was 11 years old. It was my grandma's name, Ruby. Everyone in my community knew that that's the name I wanted. Anyone that named their child that, they'd be like, oh, Jesse, how sad.' It's like everyone <laughs> right. knew that I love that name. Yeah. Um, and so that was really helpful for me to channel my grief with that. Like, you know grieving the fact that I won't have a birth story with her
1: right? or I won't breastfeed her or
0: you know what I mean? And just really channel that that was extremely, extremely painful. But I think that was the only way I was able to walk into these other situations with having no control. Right. You know, to be able to go back and grieve that.
1: It's really the thing that you feared. It it was hundred percent. You feared losing her in a way, right? Like you had her in your heart or mind or whatever. Yeah. and, 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 the fear is that you never were going to get her. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. That's sad. That's. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. I was kidding. But yeah, yeah. But so, it, but, but that I, was helpful. we can
1: we can talk about it now because we've gone yeah. back and we've grieved yeah. those moments, and it
0: helped me move into foster and adoption without bitterness right. or resentment. Like, oh, you didn't fix that for me. Yeah. You didn't fix. You know what I mean? Because when you go and walk into foster care, they're already named. Right. You know what I mean? Like.
1: They're, already, they're, they're, pe- they're, they're people, people. they're yeah. humans.
0: They, you know, they have their own name. And our son had, was 18 months. We weren't going to change his name, right. you know? So I think that was helpful for me to not walk in with res- like really bitterness, yeah. you know? Like right. it's your fault or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. right. Because I really went back and grieved, grieved. And right. grieving is not just tears. It's actually channeling it. And like, I remember I had like visions and I would like think about that and then, you know, and just really picture the worst fear of happening, of not having your own kids and just really feeling all those. And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like I couldn't get out of bed, but guess what? I did. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So
1: my favorite picture of grief,
0: Oh. and we'll, end, what we'll end
1: with this, but my, f- my favorite picture of grief is from a children's movie. And I sometimes wonder what does it feel like to be terrified of something, but then to really embrace your reality and oh, to grieve scene. it is 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 Toy Story three. It's yes, my favorite scene of any Pixar movie ever. And if you've never seen Toy Story three, we'll just we'll paint the picture for you.
0: Yeah,
1: the whole gang right? Is all the classic characters. All the classic characters: uh, Woody, Buzz, Jesse. Uh, Bullseye. Bullseye. What are the other ones? Uh, Rex, Slinky Dog, Ham. Rex hmm Um, they're all uh trying to escape uh this giant trash what is it like it's facilitation like they, yeah, facility. they right? end
0: up in yeah, in the trash.
1: Yeah, they end up at this dump and the and at the dump the all the trash is being funneled into this center fire pit and yeah. it's just this giant raging inferno mm-hmm. that burns everything up. You know, it's a recycling facility or whatever and they're stuck getting you know brought closer and closer into this inevitable doom that they know is approaching them and the closer they get they're fighting they're trying to Mm. move their way up and then kind of one by one the characters start to realize this is something they cannot avoid they it's like there's an acceptance of their reality that they're going to go into the fire.
0: And what a beautiful image of community! I just right because Woody fights the whole time. He's keep going because he like almost feels like he's the leader of the pack. And he's the got to protect part. everybody. Yeah. And then he looks around and looks at his community and is like, oh, "We're gonna surrender."
1: Right, and oh. and one by one they start to turn to each other. They're holding hands, and then you have, yeah, like you just said, Woody at the end he's fighting, 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 and then he turn looks around and realizes everyone. Has, has accepted this. And yeah. then he has that moment. It make, I could cry right now. I know. He has that moment. He reaches he grabs Buzz's hand, right? He grabs his. I think bu- he he grabs Buzz's, Buzz's hand. And,
0: w- and, and Bullseye.
1: And then he turns and he grabs Bullseye's hand. Yeah. And all oh, baby Bullseye's on the end. Yeah. He grabs uh, Buzz's hand and then he grabs someone else's hand. Yeah. And he t- there's like that moment. The little screen turns. Yes. And he like connects oh. these two groups. And yeah. all of them have this emotional moment of saying, okay. <laughs> Okay. It's like, it's like this moment of saying we're afraid. uh uh-huh. But we've accepted this reality. Yeah. And and we are we're embracing it. And that, yeah. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Obviously, not to ruin the movie, but they get saved at the last minute right. by the giant clock. But they
0: have that 3 seconds of just accepting. Right. And it's okay to still be it you can accept it and still be afraid.
1: Yeah. For know? sure. And I think that's exactly what it feels, the fear of infertility, fear in infertility feels like that to me, yeah. where it's like this fear isn't going to go away. Yeah. You know, it's not just going to magically poof, go away. The the fire, the inferno is not going to turn off. Mm-hmm. For some of us, sure, we, the, the, we will get pregnant through IVF. Uh, for some of us, we'll adopt. But no matter what, we have to turn and face it. If, mm-hmm. Because if you keep running you're going to run forever. Mm-hmm. If you keep fighting against it, you fight forever. Mm-hmm. The, the, the move that we need to make or we, we, we could make is that we turn and embrace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's we, for us what we've learned through our journey is yeah. that those moments where we turned and embraced it, we were still afraid.
0: Still afraid, still scared.
1: Still difficult.
0: Still kind of wanted to control it.
1: Oh, and still didn't want it to happen.
0: Right, yeah, no. <laughs>
1: oh. But there was that that moment, that like linking arms mm-hmm. and, and the acceptance of it. And mm-hmm. that's what grief did.
0: Yep. That is such a
1: good example. Now I want to go and watch that movie.
0: Let's watch it tonight. <laughs> Everyone should go watch it tonight after they watch, listen to this. Um, Yeah. I think that's final so- thoughts. I think Final that, thoughts. I think the final thought for me is that just because I grieved it didn't mean that I wasn't afraid. Right. Or it's like, I think you're going to be like, well, I won't- it. Like the, uh, the fear will be gone and then I'll grieve it. And it's like, right. no, 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 no. Right. I was fearful of grieving right? and I was fearful of what the grief would lead me to, but I did it anyway. You know what I mean? And I think that it, it and I think also not everyone can afford therapy and I understand that too. Yeah. So it's like even just finding someone in your life that can kind of help you and guide you and, and just, or even just be there for you yeah. where you can be your true authentic self and say all your things. Cause they're there. Right. In infertility, they are right here at the front of your mind. Your
1: feelings? Your feelings. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. And right in your heart or whatever. And it's like, just find someone that you can talk to. I mean, a the therapist would be the best, but I understand that not everyone can afford that. So right. that would be my, my takeaway is just talking to someone about what is your biggest fear? Just because, because, just because you say it doesn't make it more real. Right. I could have said, I could never have said it and it didn't make it any less real. Yeah. If I never would have said, I'm so afraid that we're never going to have kids, right. didn't make it not happen. It happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, what kind of, what would that be? Where would that, you know what I mean? Because I think we have a lot of identity in this culture also to be like, you, you know, you get married and then, or you have a long term partner or whatever, and then you have kids. And it's right. like, there's so much on that. And it's like, okay, what would that look like if that didn't happen? Right. You know what I mean? Because we have so much identity, especially as women, I think of like, that's where I get my identity from is becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. So I think, and that was for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of my identity was wrapped into that. Yeah. So I think, you know, just because you don't say it doesn't mean it won't come true. Right. And you can be afraid and still grieve.
1: Right. The fear is there. And infertility it's causes there. a lot of fear. And for us, what it felt like to go through that, it felt like uh, we had to grieve.
0: Yeah. What was your? What would you say is your takeaway?
1: I would say that, that uh, for me, the fear doesn't magically go away. Yeah. That the fear that I was facing uh, for me couldn't be solved. I couldn't solve it. There was no amount of money I could yeah. spend. Uh, there was no, nothing I could do to solve that fear. Yeah. I had to grieve the fear and face it.
0: And one last thing I would say of like, I think when people get pregnant out of infertility, mm. they don't want to be excited. And it's like being excited or scared doesn't change any of the path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, that doesn't make like just because it's like, I don't want to get too excited yet. I hear that all the time. And it's like being excited or not being excited, it's going to hurt just the same. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe buying and designing their whole room when you're one month along and then you have to go into that room. Like that might be more painful. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, infertility robs you of so many things. And I think that's something that it robs too is like, you know, it doesn't make it any less a reality or any more that you have any more control if you're excited or
1: not. Yeah. All right. Embrace the fear. Ugh face the fear you can do it it won't magically go away thank you guys so much thank you for, for listening. listening we'll be back next monday you will